Just before we get started with the show, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which these podcasts were produced and pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and the Aboriginal elders who may be listening today. We would also like to acknowledge those of us with a lived experience of mental illness or suicide and the important role people play in supporting their loved ones and colleagues. Hello there. We've all been through a time of disruption and upheaval to our work and our working lives. As we move forward, it's important to be aware of and reflect on what leadership in workplace mental health and well-being can be during challenging times. I'm Mark Dean and welcome to Leading Through Change. Throughout this series, we are learning more about the fundamental characteristics of leadership. On previous episodes, we've heard about some important leadership traits such as authenticity, empathy, purpose and meaning. Today's interview provides a new angle on some of these characteristics by identifying where they come from. We'll also hear about the alignment that workplace leadership can have with community leadership something which today's guest has a lifetime of experience in. Throughout her illustrious career, Professor Colleen Hayward has been a Pro Vice-Chancellor at Edith Cowan University, was a Foundation member of the National Congress of Australia's First Peoples, and has been recognised as a member in the General Division of the Order of Australia. This is in addition to being Chair of the Advisory Board for the WA Mental Health Commission's Alcohol and Other Drug Committee and an Elder in Resident in the state's Education Department. And that's only about a quarter of this esteemed Australian CV. Professor Haywood is speaking to me from Perth where she is based and where they have had quite a different pandemic experience than much of the rest of the country but she still has much to share and her ideas on reflection, empathy, listening and inclusion should be in every leader's toolbox through times of change. Colleen, welcome. It's lovely to have you here today. So nice to catch up, Mark. Colleen, we're talking about leadership and mental health and there's so much that I know we've talked about in the past. What sorts of reflections have you been having lately? I think, Mark, like everyone in this country, everyone went into a really a tight lockdown. I've got to say, in being retired, I felt like it was less of an impact on me. What the lockdown and beyond meant for me was really a lot of thinking and reflection time, to be honest. And it occurred to me that even as we were heading into what in Perth and Western Australia we knew would be a tight two-week lockdown, everyone really was panicking. We didn't know what it meant. Lots of people didn't know if they would cope or how they would cope. And the sorts of things that really bothered people were really around someone else making the decisions about how they lived their lives, even for a short period of time. People were nervous. They really didn't know how to cope. And what occurred to me was that for all the time of my adult life, 
as Aboriginal people have tried to talk with non-Aboriginal people about the impact of colonisation, it's been difficult because we didn't have a language that was shared. I think the greatest opportunity that arose from the pandemic and the lockdown that followed is that all of a sudden we now have a better understanding and a greater opportunity for empathetic conversation because now every person in this state, regardless of their cultural background, understands what it is for somebody else to be making decisions about how they live their lives. And I think one of the things that we can learn is that we all need to take almost a better stock take. You know, how well are we looking after people? Because now's the time to really make sure that that's in gear, that we're doing that properly. We shouldn't have to wait for a pandemic to value the people who are important in our lives and our communities. We should be doing it all the time. That's a beautiful message. And and, and what a stark reminder during this this really unprecedented period of change and uncertainty about the importance of stopping and thinking about our fellow human beings uh, in terms of that that empathy building and, and that capacity to reflect. How do you manage that yourself? Sometimes in our lives we meet people who make a difference. I used to work uh, with someone who viewed everything that he did through a values lens and prior to that, I, th- I thought I was pretty good. But he really made me lift my game because that value lens was such a high authority and had such integrity that you wanted to be able to do that. I think that's really important. Is this about connecting with purpose, with your own sense of meaning or purpose? I, th- I think that it is, actually. We probably don't reflect enough about what it is that drives us. And I think that's about the rushing from one thing to the next that we all do. We get busy and don't really think about why or what's important. And it tends to be busyness rather than business. I I look at it and I know for me as a cancer survivor that one of the things that got me through that cancer experience and often since is knowing that if I'd passed then, that would have been just the end, of course. But given that I didn't, I must be here for a reason. There must be a purpose. And to use that extra time, I suppose, I know that's a funny way to put it, but to use that extra time for good, not just to waste it. My conversation with Colleen has clearly left the close confines of the workplace and has become a broader chat about community. However, notions of connecting with purpose and focusing on what is truly important are easily adaptable to working environments and relationships. After all, what is a workplace other than a community of people sharing a space and common goal? After our families, our work teams are those we spend the most time with. If we haven't already been compelled to reflect on how well we're looking after others in our workplace, then Colleen is suggesting that now, in the midst of this turbulent time, is the next best time to start. It's up to us. Similarly, 
we can use this time to reflect on what drives and motivates us in our work and leadership practice. Through this, we can focus our energies and target those strategies that flow naturally from our passions, which in turn can ultimately be more effective and impactful. These are lessons that Colleen believes we can share with others by leading from the front. What are some of the key lessons that we can learn from in terms of the role of positive connectedness, perhaps just as a starting point, role modelling? How do you actually get out there and role model behaviours that, that build those positive social connections? In the Aboriginal community, and, and probably not exclusive to us, we have a saying about you can't be what you can't see. So I think the more that we see role models, even those ones that don't like to be called that, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great observation of, of sitting and reflecting on who makes a good impression, who does make a difference and how does that happen? Is there anything in that that I can take away to improve the way I do my business? Such a beautiful message for leaders. Um, you can't be what you can't see. So it almost um, speaks of the, the importance of popping your head up and asking, well, who else is out there from whom I can learn who can inspire me to be a better person, to put more energy into the things that matter? And, and then what energy would I have to give back to those things that matter. Speaking of which, Colleen, can you tell us what you've learned or perhaps a few tools that you've seen particularly helpful that help leaders to include others in that journey? For me, some of my observations are about the way that we network. The fact that you and I are currently in different cities but still connecting. We can see each other as well as yeah. have this conversation. We're sitting on Zoom as we speak, Absolutely. having a chat to each other while we're Absolutely. recording. Absolutely. And I have to admit, I had never used any video conferencing before this time when I've all of a sudden had to learn. <laughs> right. uh, and it's not as good. It's not the same. But But we make allowances to still stay connected, I think. So I think there's even something to learn in terms of how we connect, how regularly we connect, as well as what it is we're connecting for and about. What a beautiful, simple message. Those uh, regular, nonetheless, can be short, sharp connections make a huge difference, don't they? They do. Uh, everybody wants to know that somebody cares. And I'm not sure how we let them know without actually telling them that you do. Indeed. And so uh, any other tools that you've you've come across or used in recent times or indeed over the years to connect with people when you've otherwise you know, seen them perhaps in remote places or far off? I'm not a religious person, although I would describe myself as a spiritual person. I think there's a lot to be gained from trying to truly put ourselves in the shoes of someone else and walk in their footsteps so that we better understand where they're at, why they're there, what they need, and how we can support them in continuing their journey forward. A really strong and inspiring message of empathy there, Colleen, and it loops back. It's a beautiful message to our conversation at the beginning uh, in relation to understanding the experiences and finally being able to empathise for a lot of Australians with the experiences of our, our first people, our Aboriginal people. 
um, that capacity to empathise, does it always require um, having had to step into a state of pain or suffering? Or do you think there are some other ways we can encourage perhaps particularly young people to to empathise when they haven't had those experiences themselves? I'd hate to think that every experience had to have some pain associated with it. I think it is about experiences. It doesn't have to be negative or painful. I think the more that we share of ourselves and for each of us about the cultures from which we come, the richer this country will be and will, as as we as people, will be richer because of that. Meaningful connection through empathy. It's a simple yet powerful idea. It speaks to the quality of Colleen's community leadership that in our differences, she doesn't see a cause of conflict, but an opportunity for learning and to bring out the best in others. It's a great message for leaders who may be seeking strategies to bring together those in their organisations. Promoting a culture of personal reflection and sharing of oneself can provide the means for a cohesive staff group, one that will doubtlessly be more effective in achieving common goals. Moreover, the capacity to provide such a space augurs really well for other positive leadership practices, such as inclusion, empathy, and flexibility. It's the same capacity that finds Colleen seeing the positive outcomes from our current shared crisis. It's not a time to mope and worry, but a time for reflection and action. Do you think this has been a time when that opportunity to sit back and reflect, perhaps take a pause, has provided more growth in terms of the human spirit and endeavour? It has for anyone who has wanted it to be down that path. One of the other things that I think is of general benefit in terms of us all having to slow down with COVID, now that might be slow down in a tightly restricted lockdown, or it might just be right now we can't do all of the things that we used to do. Even for me, it's it's given me time to think and to pause. I, I found a couple of personal impacts that I hadn't expected. I, I did expect the thinking and reflection time. What I didn't expect that when I was allowed back into a cafe rather than just uh, grabbing a takeaway coffee, that all of a sudden I would be less able to cope with the background noise of others in the cafe. So that made me think that this has been a quiet time. It's been a, a time when everyone could take a breath. Now, I know that's been harder for some people, but it's not, it's not too late. It's not too late for us to actually assess what's really important in our lives and to then focus on them going forward. And part of that is, I think, listening. It's listening to the spirit of this land as well as listening to others and their views and their needs, their fears, their triumphs. It's, it's all about that, I think, because that is a much more fruitful and positive way of engaging with people than what we do when all we do is rush. We, we've all got the opportunity not only to learn more in these times, and that's about learning more about ourselves personally, how we cope, how others do, but 
really importantly, what are the things that are critical in our lives? If we could only choose two or three things that that we simply had to continue, what would they be? You know, I, th- I think that's a great reflection for all of us. Have you decided on those things yourself? Ah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> but 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 family is uh, family. you know mm. ve- very high in that and enabling to the extent that I can. We we all want every generation wants the next generations to have a better life. I think what we maybe haven't done or haven't done in a thorough way is to think about what that better looks like. Colleen, I'm always amazed as to you know, every time I speak with you over the years, you're you're on planes and going overseas, you're visiting Indigenous communities around the world, advising governments and communities. How do you keep your energy levels up? For me, it does get back to that making a difference. You know, being here and doing, it's so much better than the alternative. Yeah. And... Mm. I also believe that if you have the capability, which is about physical and mental health, it's about time, it's about resources, it's it's all those different gamuts of our life, that in lots of ways you've also got a responsibility to try. And some of those attempts will actually come to fruition. You just have to keep doing it. And so long as you're looking at what will be an improvement in the life circumstances of others, even if it's only one or two others, then rather than looking at how does this improve my standing or my wealth, that's not a bad measure. You know, there's just so much fulfilment that comes from that, that for me, that easily is what keeps me going. It reminds me of a, of a wonderful interview that I watched with a very um, prominent Buddhist person a Tibetan Buddhist person talking about the fact that when you do operate from that space of selflessness, you get so much back. I think you do. And in ways that if you're in something for the right reasons that you don't anticipate, Mm. sometimes that's coming across someone who, you know, whose life you've impacted where that might not have been the intent, you might not have realised that you were even doing it, but they've taken away a message that's important to them. And we do live in a small world, smaller right now, I know, but coming across those people who can actually say, I heard you speak at such and such or you taught me this or you put me in touch with this person who made a difference in my life in whatever way, those things are really important and Mm -hmm. and should be, I think, important to all of us. What a beautiful message. Uh, I love the conversation we've had today, Colleen, and I'm deeply grateful. And I'm sure our listeners will get so much out of it. And I want to thank you, Professor Colleen Hayward, coming to us from Perth. It's been an absolute joy to speak with you, Colleen. Always nice to catch up with you, Mark. I look forward to doing that again. In person would be even better. That was Professor Colleen Hayward speaking to me from Perth. I feel energised and intensely inspired after our chat, which I think contains some wonderful and beautiful thoughts on the importance of perseverance, connection, inclusion and empathy for our fellow human. Such a wonderfully simple message for leaders everywhere. And perhaps in our conversation came a challenge too. 
for all of those who truly believe in working towards a better future to really question what that better looks like. No doubt there will be differences of opinion, but as we've learned through this episode, it's on the common ground that we must lay our foundations. Leading Through Change is a production of the Victorian Workplace Mental Wellbeing Collaboration, including WorkSafe, Superfriend and VicHealth, who are committed to promoting leadership of positive workplace cultures. Please join me on the next episode of Leading Through Change for a chat with Managing Director of Collab and Water, Damien Wells. We'll cover off topics of personal struggle and leadership through camaraderie that I'm sure you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. I'm Mark Dean. Bye for now.